want to come back to this potato thing because it was bugging potato. me. Yeah. Did you stop eating sweet potatoes? How do I answer that? I am not actively going out of my way to eat sweet potatoes. But if you gave me one, or if there was one prepared for me, I would eat it. But I'm not. I'm not against it. It just. Um, I don't have a good excuse. I think I got bored for a minute. And I was like, let's try these other things. So I tried that. I sent you a picture. They're like a bunch of little potatoes. Mm-hmm. And you microwave them. And Jenny said they were good. So she like convinced me to try them. But to me, it was five bucks. I'm like, well. That's a lot. Yeah, I can cook carrots for like a dollar. That's gross. You don't like that? No. I, the thought of snacking on carrots without ranch to me is gross. Like, well, I, they're, they're cooked. Like, they've got, you know, the oh, are they soft? oil and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I can, I can dig soft carrots. Like, 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 car- like stew carrots. Yeah, basically. Like, I'm, a, I'm just a very lazy cook in general. So when I do something like that, I go get, you know, cooking sheet, tin foil, carrots on there, roll in oil, throw sea salt on it, put it in there for 45 minutes, walk away, wait for the ding, and then that's it. 45 minutes. Yeah, I know. It takes a long time. Why don't you just I, get French fries? I do fries? just forget about it. <laughs> because I did. I used to get French fries and I got fat. So <laughs> Well, you're eating. You, all you're doing is cooking carbs. No matter what you cook here. Carrots, uh, potatoes, sweet potatoes, rice. That's, uh, that's all a lot you're carbs. doing. But this what is... is the difference between what's the difference between a potato and a French fry? Like nutritionally. Uh, well, the amount of <laughs> calories that you're eating. Why? It's, it's the same thing. A French fry is, is a potato. Like literally, oh. you, don't, you don't change the chemical makeup of it just because you slice it thinner. If they've been fried, you're adding a lot of unnecessary cows, you know, like yeah. not that I'm an expert. I just look at the numbers and I'm like, OK, yeah, there's I can eat a lot more of this. You're not. I, I mean, I guess they're fried in like some oil, but like the, I, the, the picture you sent me looked like some very oily potatoes. Mm, I added a little bit of butter. I mean, it's not like it's not like breaded and fried. It's not like it's not like cod or catfish. It's just a French fry. But just in general, like if you're going to if I'm at home, I have to cook this thing myself. You're like, hey, you can have rice or you can have French fries. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to have rice. I don't like fries that much. I don't really go out of my way to eat fries. I don't think anybody's going to agree with that. Food. We we don't eat fast food. We really don't. We just don't eat it much. Yeah, we. I mean, we don't either. I, I... guess we eat Panda Express fast food because then we eat Panda Express. Mm-hmm. I eat leftovers and salad. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the Everbros podcast. Hey, <laughs> it's uh, episode twelve. Uh, we had a really good transition there. That's good. Um, we, hey, we've only got this. We, this is our fourth to last episode where uh, we actually have them ordered and structured out. Well, so we know what we're doing. Yeah, well, for the for the listener, we planned out the first 15 episodes, basically in sequence from somebody just starting their agency to, you know, getting out there in the market and actually attaining clients. And then everything after that is going to be more subjective and a lot more anecdotal for um, our future episodes. So it's going to be more uh, related to how we deal with burnout and how to, uh, you know, make sure you're not uh, undercharging or if you are, how to how to uh, correct that. And so they're they're a lot less structured. So that should give some variability. We just wanted to make sure that everybody coming to this podcast while we just started it had a place to start and and didn't just jump right into the middle of the agency action, um, not knowing where to start. Speaking of starting, how's this for transitions? Your online masterclass that you took for coaching or your agency or, or whatever you took it isn't going to help you in the real world. A lot of guys and girls do this 
initially when first starting their agency or coaching or consulting business because they think that they're going to learn something secret about the industry or about the services that they're going to be able to sell really well and really easily from their phone or computer. Uh, However, literally everybody is trying to do this. It just doesn't work the way you think it does. Cody has a lot more to talk, probably a lot more to rant about, but I'll <clears throat> I'll go over kind of like the first bullet that I have, which is be extremely careful about the sources you learn from because although everybody wants to teach, it seems like not everybody can teach or teach you the right things. And you can just be spending a ton of money on a course that you're not going to be any better off from later down the road. You can get most of your information for free on YouTube or for really cheap on course platforms like Udemy. Uh, and what I mean by cheap, like 100 bucks for some certification course on SEO or maybe some personal life coaching or, or whatever. But... If you're spending um, multiple hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars on these courses, you are in for a rude awakening when you finish those because not very many people are successful. I mean, it's almost kind of like an MLM or pyramid scheme. But uh, Cody, yeah, hit me with your knowledge. Hit me with your rants. I kind of liken these to like diet pills because nobody will go out of their way to tell you that they're taking one. But once you start talking to people, they're like, oh, yeah, no, I've tried it. It's just like really secret. <laughs> it's not something anybody <laughs> wants to broadcast, but I hate these. I hate them so much. I can't even describe how much I hate this biz ops. That's what they would call them, right? In the affiliate world, just because, yeah, I, I will. I'll rant a lot about this, but I should come up with the warning that I went too hard for too long and my wrists are pretty wrecked because of how much I worked early on. And I, I still work a lot. I don't work nearly as much as I used to compared to that. Have a little balance with it. Like do take care of yourself because I, I remember, I think I have a blog post about this where I jokingly made a picture of me laying on the floor singing Ohio is for lovers and saying like, who wrote it? Hawthorne Heights. Yeah. Like just being emo <laughs> about, I just wish my arms could be chopped off because carpal tunnel pain is a very strange pain. <laughs> like, you have such a wide and, musical taste. Like you go from Hawthorne Heights to like <laughs> Sugar Ray. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't want anybody to ever feel like that where you feel like you'd rather just have your arms ripped off uh, because it would feel better than what there's nothing you can do about. So do be reasonable. Take care of yourself. Take care of your health. If you hurt, slow down a bit. It's not really that big a deal. It's not going to it's not going to kill you to take a few more months when you're going to live for many years. But I think the overwhelming majority of people do not have a information problem. They have a motivation problem And all of the information out there exists. You can find it. It is free. All of it. It will take you a while to figure out what it is you need to look for. And yes, you need time. But anybody in you know, this sort of position, I imagine has at least a decent amount of time on their hands. And if not, if you have lots of money, then pay somebody to do this sort of thing. But if we're assuming that you want to learn this yourself, then stop trying to take these shortcuts. I hate in general, all this concept, this in-person events where they cost several hundreds or thousands of dollars, the online master classes, because I have never gone to one, never in my whole life, where in three days of being wherever I was, I couldn't have learned more by talking to someone I know who's very smart for an hour. I'm talking about guys like, and okay, so and so the, the rebuttal to that is, well, what if you don't have access to those people? That's true. And that's fair because those people don't want to help you. 
they don't want to talk to you. The people who are good at this, you're going to ignore, uh, like annoy them. They're going to be annoyed. They're going to want to ignore you. But just do it the right way and be polite and politely harass them. <laughs> <laughs> Say, look, I'm annoying. I know I'm being annoying. I, but you're smart. You know this. And I just need to start learning some of this. So can I shadow or whatever? Right. I think the combination of seeking out the information as you're learning it by yourself, combined with harassing politely people who know what they're talking about, gets you much, much further than paying for or attending a master class or whatever they, they are, they're called. Yeah, this is one of those things where I get so heated about it that I don't even know how to organize my thoughts well and clearly <laughs> other than I'm just vehemently against it. And I think it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. And it's just these people are snakes. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe years from now, I'm going to make something like this. Maybe, maybe I'll become a snake or something like well, that. I, I don't know. I don't think like we'd ever become snakes or master class people, but I do think eventually we would, we would promote our own class. However, I don't think the class that we would, we would promote is how to start your own agency or consulting firm and, and how to get clients. I think the classes that we are going to, that, that we would produce would be how to perform technical seo audits or like there'd be much more geared towards the actual service uh rather than the idea of selling the services uh which which all these master classes really are about it's, it's just it's it's how to sell your services or be a closer or whatever but it, it's it's worth it to point out too that a lot of these master classes now aren't necessarily those in-person events a lot of those in-person events are the upsells to the master classes that you purchased online that are like an online training course and i remember the saying that my dad always said was those who can't do teach mm -hmm. uh, and then those who can't teach teach gym <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've got a guy on my paintball team who uh, is a gym teacher and i always say that to him <laughs> um but uh I, I i believe that wholeheartedly i think a lot of these gurus and these actual guys who teach they don't actually know how to perform the services well enough to have clients of their own and that's why they're teaching you because they can't do it they can't make money doing it themselves like all these they have this they promote this very lavish lifestyle that you know they're uh, a multi-million dollar agency except they never disclose the name of their agency and you can never find it anywhere and even if it is you can't really find like any actual testimonials from actual clients the only testimonials you're going to find from them are people who have taken their course which they're probably fake uh, like if we cody and i have a course for instance on how to do seo or how to run google ads the way that we run ads uh we'll make it very apparent that our marketing agency is evergreen marketing and you can look into us and you can see our actual client results. But uh, I can't remember where we were talking about this, but like you can actually go and there's like a, I can't remember where it is, but there's a place that you can go and they just have like a private jet parked on the runway with like a Ferrari and you can go and just do a photo shoot with it for like a few hundred bucks. And a, like a lot of these guys, and it's it's not just like in the US, like they have it in like the, the UK and other countries as well. Uh, so a lot of these fake gurus who take pictures of them in the jet and then uh, promote it on social media and YouTube, uh, they're just there for a photo shoot. And then, then a lot of like the self-recorded videos of them, like in like mansions and really nice houses are rented. They're Airbnbs. They loaded it up their Discover card and just max it out just to get that that social proof and people fall for it yeah those people are to me when i whenever i see these things the first thing that comes to mind is i know personality wise because i've worked with enough people now and in, in these various settings is making those videos 
like let's say the YouTube videos where they're saying four geniuses come take our course. We'll teach you everything. Doing a YouTube video with good acting and good energy is a skill. And I'll tell you, it's a skill that most exceptionally good marketers don't have. <laughs> it's being charismatic like that, being able to bring the energy and just influencing that, that sort of concept as opposed to technical optimization for manipulating algorithms. Those are very different people. That's why in general, you'll find this at any company. When you have something difficult, that's no longer basic tier support, and you start working up the chain to get to the person that actually matters, you always want the Mountain Dew and Cheetos guy who's in the back room, who talks to nobody, who honestly probably doesn't even work that much much because he's automated most of his job and he's worth a lot of money because he knows basically the things that nobody else does. That's the guy you want to talk to or girl, but they're not easy to get to. And they also have to start relying on other people to implement and scale out things themselves. So the information that they have does get shared out. It just gets lost from tier to tier a person. So what I'm trying to say is those those people aren't doing these things. They're not making these master classes. They don't care to. They're not. It's not on their radar because the people who want to be influencers like this usually have other priorities. Not even saying wrong priorities, just genuinely different. And it's better to learn from the other guys if you can get a hold of them. Let's say you can't, then I still think it's better if you just start Googling on your own. Or, you know, I'm sure that there are cheaper alternatives. Like, what is it, Code Academy? Uh, if you just want to start learning HTML, great place to start. It's free. You that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Code Academy, Udemy is another another really good one. That's that's really cheap, and there's legitimate people on there. Uh, you know, if you're legitimate, if they don't charge a ton for their course, and the information in it is actually whoa, like I didn't know all of this information. But it's it's. Uh, I do want to say though that like a lot of these gurus, you're, you're when you actually join their master class online, and there's it's like a video, like self guided kind of course series it's not actually them teaching you the 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 different intricacies of it it's they have like their friends quote-unquote friends or partners or or coaches or whatever and every section of it is a different person so i i will admit that um gosh 2017 uh i actually took ty lopez's social media marketing agency course can't remember what it cost I think the I think the sticker tag on it was like three thousand bucks, but I you could do it in payments, and I only paid like half of it before I stopped paying because we you and I worked on a marketing agency together, so I I knew a lot about uh, different marketing methods, digital marketing, traditional marketing, SEO, social media. But I was also the uh, unofficial director of marketing at the current company I was working at, just trying to start my own thing. I uh, wish I had a podcast I could listen to. Um, <laughs> this episode sponsored by Everbros Marketing. <laughs> podcast but uh i took the course and uh, yeah every section was different in terms of starting a social media marketing agency so there were some parts where like ty came on and he would talk very really like i mean he got it he's he's a good he's he's a good personality and he knows how to get your attention and get you writing things down and doing homework and then he has these other guys come in and i remember like the first people that came in were like business people like here's how to start an llc here's how to get a domain all this all this kind of stuff, things that I didn't really know um, off the top of my head. And then um, then it got to like the SEO parts. And I'm like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> like I know way more than, than all of them. And the entire time, like they were preaching, creating like public backlink networks 
and doing all of this black and gray hat stuff that would you know quote unquote get you ranked and i'm like yeah it's gonna get you ranked for like a few months <laughs> until your site gets blacklisted from google and then that's around the time when i stopped taking this i was like this is a bunch of garbage uh they're teaching me the wrong things they're setting me up for failure and then i'm gonna learn i'm gonna deep dive this on my own and and figure out what i need to do so that's when i really dived into I actually, for my pricing, I pulled a little bit from my last agency I worked at. I pulled from their pricing structure a little bit and then kind of made my own productized service. It wasn't very good. Uh, that's why I partnered with Cody and Cody knows how to productize services and we were able to price a bit better. But I didn't use any of those pricing models that they were teaching because they were teaching things like social media management for 2000 bucks a month. No one's going to buy that. Like business owners aren't stupid. If they're giving you $2,000 a month, that means they have $2,000 a month, which means they were smart enough to acquire that as an operational expense. So like when you pitch something like social media management, you have to define what that means and what that's going to do for their business. Brand exposure isn't good enough. And if you're organically posting, that's not going to be good enough because that's not even going to get you brand exposure. And they're going to easily see that you are full of shit. If, if everything you learned was from a masterclass and you didn't do the deep dives, like we'll get into in a little bit on how to do that. But yeah, some of the things that these guys are teaching you how to do in agencies is absolutely ridiculous. Cody and I, we came in at $600 a month. That was our bottom tier price. And 100 over that was Google ads. So really just 500 bucks. And we targeted small businesses because those are the people that one are going to work with two guys that call themselves an agency and they have 500 bucks. Yep. And, you know, we, we built the service so you could easily prove an ROI if you had to. And, but also built it around so there wasn't a lot of legwork around it. Where, I mean, social media management, there is a lot of legwork if you're posting every day or have a routine posting schedule. But then, even then, some a lot of these guys, they outsource the work. So they'll charge, you know, $1,000, $2,000 a month and then outsource it to some Middle Eastern person on uh, Fiverr. And that's uh, that's an economic thing. That's not, I'm not just being, I'm not being racist here. <laughs> they uh, save a lot of money doing that. Yeah. Uh, well, and the reason to bring it up, especially for our guys, is because, you know, American made this isn't especially like it is a thing more so in our industry um, where guys are more conscious of it. Other industries, I mean, people might not care as much, but it, it's not a topic that goes missed. So for when we say, um, you know, our team is here or we explain how Lisa is involved because <laughs> we're like, she's Colombian, but look, it's different. It's, it's, different. it's not like that. <laughs> it's my buddy's sister. She's in Colombia, you know. <laughs> I was pulling up uh I'm sharing my screen so Cody can see everything I'm doing, but I was pulling up my uh our <laughs> I'm pulling up our team uh our, about our team page on our website and it, it starts out with uh Lisette's profile it says Lisette is a contractor and then in parentheses it says our lawyer told us if we put her on the website we have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh but- but yeah, so yeah. for what it's worth, Lisette's brother and I are, were both studying together at university, and that's where I met him. And then when I said we were hiring, he's like, well, my sister's studying international advertising, but she's in Colombia. And I was like, well, we don't really care where anybody is if they are good and we can work it out. And she is awesome. So, yeah. And that's the other thing, too, though, is, you know, let's say that that is a hot topic. We can just come back and be like, look, we get it. That's an important thing. But when it comes to the actual service that you're getting, we want to give you the best service we can and this is how we're doing it because this is how we found that we're able to do it and everybody just likes really good performance and really good service so yeah 
that's an offshoot anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, not really. I mean, it, it we, yeah, we do everything in-house. I mean, everything client-related in-house. And I, I, we want to keep it that way, like Cody said, because everything, you know, people like American-made in our industry. However, um, it's not like, I know, at least I've been in Colombia, that's not like, it's not American made. It's just like, well, it's, and she's in house. Like she is employed by us um, as a contractor. (laughs) There's no, you're a hundred percent right. Like there's a very big difference too. We could say this because we know people that do it between this is how we do things. Let's teach you. Let's get you um, involved with our operation as opposed to I created this entire system and now I outsource it where people follow line by line and we pay them $2 in the Philippines or something like that. Like that's a, that's a very different involvement because they're not involved. We're just saying, you know, the, one of those companies outsource the entire thing fully and are no longer involved. And they're just saying, follow the instructions line by line. It's very different from, you know, talking frequently, working closely and addressing things that are unique, those sorts of situations. That's a very different. Yeah. I mean, Lisa, Lisa's on our, she's on our weekly meetings. We have one-on-ones. She gets paid the same amount as our American employees do. If she was here, she'd get the same benefits. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it is a very, yeah, it is a very different thing. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Like you have to be knowledgeable in the services that you offer. And if you have to take a ma- master class for those services, you're not knowledgeable in them. You're not an expert. You shouldn't be taking those master classes and you shouldn't be offering these services. If you want to start a business, learn the business, learn the services that go along with the business, but also ask yourself, why are you starting a business if you don't know the services you're going to be selling very well? And maybe it's at a necessity. Maybe you need some extra cash flow and that's totally fine, but make sure you find something that you like first before you spend thousands of dollars on a master class. That's not going to get you anything except debt. Uh, Although I could say one defense of the, ma- of the master class is depending on who you are and how and whether or not you know how serious you are yet about this. So a good example, years ago, I got back into martial arts. I did martial arts through high school. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I was broke in college, so stopped doing them, then got back into it. And I originally told my new instructor, like, hey, no, I'm, I'm serious about this. I'd like to get into fighting um, if I can. And then realized that the more time I spent doing it, the more I was like, this isn't realistic for me anymore. Not really, right? I mean, I this is a priority, but it's not high enough on my priority list for me to really do well. So I got to reset my expectations here. And depending on how people are thinking about starting an agency, maybe losing two or $3,000 on a masterclass isn't the worst thing that can happen to you. Maybe the worst thing is jumping in too deep saying, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go get a job at an agency that pays me less, even though I'm not really sure if I'm in on this yet. You know, there are worse things that can happen. I think that's potentially one of them. If, if you're not sure how committed you are to this, if you know, without a doubt, that this is super high on your priority list, I think one of the best things that people can do is suck it up, go get a job at an agency if you don't already have one. Because if you have one, you already have everything you need to start figuring this out. You just have to do the extra effort of branching out. But people want these shortcuts everywhere, all the time with everything. And if it's, I'm going to take this masterclass because I don't know anything about this, and then it'll jumpstart me learning and I'll figure out the rest along the way. I think if you spent how long it's going to take you to figure all the other stuff out, even with the masterclass, and you just went straight to an agency, that you would learn it in basically the same amount of time, that you wouldn't actually save that much time or money. And you get paid Uh, to learn it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, you know, there's the flip side of the people who go into the, the niche agency idea, but they know the niche and not the marketing as opposed to knowing the marketing and not the niche, then maybe you're making more with the niche itself than you would from the marketing, but you see the long-term potential or the ability to get, to quote, get out over time. 
with the, with the marketing business instead? I don't know. I I know these are things people think. That so that that's the one thing the the Ty Lopez course actually kind of drilled into you was like niche down and focus on a niche, which is our second episode. And I, I guess I'm grateful for for that. I feel like I I don't think I would have done that uh, without that. Uh, but I could have. I could have researched uh, for free and found that all the information for free. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you haven't committed to a masterclass yet on something yet, then then hopefully this is uh, you're taking this away uh, as the one thing you would have learned from that. Uh, Andrew got a free, but I was going to go broad like contractors in general and say, this is my niche. But then I kept thinking about it more and, I'm, and I thought, no, I'm going to go even, I'm going to go even nichier. And so I just did landscaping and lawn care. And let me tell you, it has absolutely paid off. We crush it in this industry. Uh, type in landscaping marketing company or lawn care marketing company in Google. And we're on the first page every time. If we were doing contractors, it'd be a little different. Uh, we actually had a competitor who did contractors. And I think we might've mentioned him earlier, but he just did contracting work or marketing for contractors. And then he switched to the green industry. Uh, I don't know if he just saw more clientele from the industry or, or what, but I do remember playing Xbox with a, with a friend of mine, uh, Xbox Live. And we were just chatting and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a marketing agency. Uh, he did construction. He owned a construction company. And I said, do you think it'd be better if I focused on the construction market, like home construction and home improvement, or just like landscaping in general, like landscapers? And he goes, trust me, dude, construction contractors have no money. <laughs> <laughs> And so like, I kind of took that to heart and was like, okay, you know, I'll go landscaping, Uh, you know, and a lot of landscapers don't have money either. But I feel like there's just a lot more niche opportunities. Like you can get an actual niche publications, uh, where in all the landscaping publications that I have framed on my wall, but you know, there's also like roofing publications and there's like home interior public, like contracting dentists, lawyers. I mean, there's what yeah but like in the construction world like what does construction mean like are you a roofing are you a roofer are you a hardscaper like there are subcategories of that and i think you just need to go down as deep as you can get that makes sense like you don't want to go as, as down as deep as like a deck contractor because that deck contractor probably does other stuff too mm-hmm. but a, constr- a, a construction or a contractor in general you can go a little bit deeper into that and and find more niche related services but the one way to tell that if you're in like a legitimate course or not besides obviously the ridiculous price tag is that there's always an upsell they give away something for free or relatively cheap or maybe it's a little bit expensive maybe it's like 500 bucks but then the upsell is like their next like high ticket closer uh whatever and it's like 19.95 or 29.95 well i think they do sevens now like 29.97 or something like that um i think that's the the young and hip thing to do but if there's there's always going to be an upsell, you can buy that next course, and at the end of that course, it's good, there's going to be a bigger upsell. And in, there's some pretty uh, almost gut wrenching stories that Coffeezilla has with some of these gu- that he interviews some of these gurus or some of these guys that take these guru classes, and how people will like dump their life savings into it and like max out their credit cards just to take some of these upsell courses. I'm just thinking, man, that is so ridiculous. You could get all of this for free, and those and and all these gurus did was just ruin their lives okay I, I like your opinion on this then because this is i have an opinion i have a formed opinion mm-hmm. and organized thoughts and i want to know <clears throat> there are people at all ages that attempt to do this right that are like i'm gonna go start my own business now do you think that anybody can do it and that anybody should do it that's a really good question 
Um, I don't think everybody can do it. I, I, I think, well, it's hard because I think anybody can do it if they have the right, oh God, this is going to sound cringy. Anybody can do it if they have the right mindset, mm-hmm. but not everybody has that mindset and it's okay. Starting a business, being a business owner, being an agency owner is glamorized and, and glorified. Yeah. And I, what's that? I think too much. But yeah. Just sorry, being a I'm, business I'm owner. I'm backing up. You keep going. <laughs> just being a business owner in general, like the entrepreneur, I hate the word entrepreneur because it's used so much, but it's glorified in the fake guru space and it's glorified in um, the working space, but it shouldn't. I don't think it should be as much as it is because, well, it's really not. It's kind of going the other direction because it has a negative connotation with it. I remember I told uh, on like mine and Lauren's first date, uh, she asked me what I did. And I was like, ah, I, I own a business. And her her first thought was, oh, he's either an MLM or he doesn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, you, oh. even, you even said it as best as you could, though, because if you said I own a business, that's not that, you know, that's safe. That's about as safe as you can say when all you mean is that I, I own a business. Yeah. Well, like, and then I, she's like, what do you, what kind of business? And I go, oh, it's a marketing agency. And she goes, yeah, it's definitely an MLM or he doesn't have a job. <laughs> And, and then like for i think like the first few dates she thought i was in an mlm because i just i didn't want to be clear but most people don't want to hear about it in actuality you might think people want to hear about it but they don't and they'll push you they'll press you if yeah you do. if, if they want to know about your business they'll they'll ask you if but if they if they don't ask you they don't want to hear about it but then like she would come over and i'd be like yeah i'm just finishing up some work and at this time my computer desk was in my living room area and so she would actually sit next to me and watch me do work and she goes oh what what you're actually doing is like really legitimate she didn't say that to my face uh <laughs> she did she did two years later but um she goes uh yeah like i didn't realize how like oh it's actually market like you're actually building the websites and you're actually optimizing this and actually communicating with clients and you have a business partner that you meet with twice a week and then it became really cool to her but there there's another thing too that i really like which is you get it yeah when you own a business you get to pick your hours but you get to pick which 16 of the hours of the day you work <laughs> <laughs> And if you're in it for the money, you're going to fail. I mean, obviously, I, I should say this. If you're in it for only the money, you're going to fail. And that's not why I started Evergrow. I didn't start it for the money. Yeah, I want to be stupid rich. I want to have a lot of stuff. I want to have, uh, you know, I'm very materialistic. I'll admit it. I like to not have to worry about money. Lauren and I are house shopping right now. And uh, we're getting a house only on my income because we can. And it's safe that way. But this is why I'm doing it at the same time. I also want to control my schedule. I don't want anybody telling telling me when and where I have to go to work. I also like the idea of being, I like being a leader. I like people looking up to me. I know it sounds kind of narcissistic, but I do. I think anybody does. Just be real about it. And I like to have the ability to provide employees and people with the opportunities that I didn't have when I was working at an agency. And I want everybody at Evergrow to make a ton of money and be happy working at Evergrow from home or wherever they want to work from, making a really good salary and, and cruising through life. And I want to I don't, I want to be able to provide people the benefits of being an entrepreneur without the risk and liability of being an entrepreneur at Evergrow. So all order, but makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so th- this is uh uh, so back to your question, I got off track. I do this a lot. Okay. Um, do you want me to ask it straight to you again and see how you feel? Yeah, well, time. it might bring the listener back. <laughs> do you think that anybody can run their own business, be an entrepreneur? And do you think that anybody should? I think that anybody can. 
if you have the right mindset. I don't think that everybody should. Uh, I think that's the bigger one. Yeah, because, well, if everybody should, if everybody did, we wouldn't have any employees. So that's one vote that <laughs> I'm going to go against. Um, but I don't think everybody should because I think everybody, because there's risks. If everybody did, you do realize you risk losing a lot and you risk putting yourself in bad financial position if you're not smart about it and if you don't have the drive and motivation to do it. On the flip side of that, I don't want to discount you know working in a trade or going to college and working for a big company and getting a really nice salary. There's a lot of other people out there who are very comfortable with just earning a $70,000 salary and just cruising through life like that. If you're listening to this, you're probably not one of those people, but I don't discount that because that's that's a sidetrack. There was a, a, a thing that I posted by uh, like Fox 6 News or something like that, but it was basically saying that the... Um, oh, the, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, the life happiness minimum salary in Minnesota is $105,000 in order to consider yourself happy uh, or in a good life position. Was that family or individual? Uh, individual. Yeah. So it, it's pretty high. And the national average is also $105,000. So uh, here it says, this is how much money you need to make to be happy living in Minnesota. And uh, I, I, th I thought that was very subjective. Because happiness, I mean, my, my comment is literally, since happiness and life satisfaction are subjective, one could argue that Minnesota's high minimum salary for life satisfaction can be due to the materialistic nature of the populace. Basically, you know what I was going to say? What? It was going to be due to their high state income tax rate. But. No, because <laughs> but the, our cost of living from Kansas City, from Kansas City to, to here, the cost of living isn't that different. And mm -hmm. Kansas City is you guys much, got low property taxes. You got no sales tax. I mean, there's yeah. not. It was just, it was a we have, you easy, have. easy joke, <laughs> easy job. Yeah. Zero, zero taxes on food, clothing, and medicine. And um, the cost of living is not much higher. It's maybe like 10% higher, but there, you know, people here just want to spend more money and have a higher life satisfaction, but your life satisfaction could be at 50,000, could be at 40,000. It just depends on you know who you want to be and how you want to live your life. I want to live my life very lavishly. I don't want to worry about bills or I, you know, I want to be able to take trips whenever I want to. And that's part of the be being an entrepreneur. It's part of the hope of being an entrepreneur. Starting your own business isn't going to get you that. That's just a, a path to take, but it's a very difficult path. Another path you could take is uh, go be a biochemist, uh, you know, go work for uh, a university or a hospital. And, you know, that's, I think, an easier path. It's a longer path, probably. But um, there's point of the point of this whole tangent is just that you could be happy doing whatever you don't have to listen to somebody that like you have to start a business or or whatever to be successful and that starting a business or an agency or a coaching consulting firm isn't for everybody and that's okay mm -hmm. but the gurus do make it seem like it is for everybody you can easily do this and get ten thousand dollars a month depends on it so <laughs> what their money depends on it oh yeah yeah they're so. yeah 100 percent. and what's the sad part is is like they act like millionaires but they're not and then but then like they convince enough people to make them millionaires and i i actually i do think that i think they believe it i think they genuinely do i think it'd be too hard to not believe that and work as hard as they do for what they're doing and to say the things that they're saying um yeah i could i could i could see that but i don't know they're all douchebags um <laughs> Well, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I don't like Gary Vee, because he's not a guru. I don't consider him like a fake guru. He's not after your money. Uh, well, unless you count VCon, which costs like 1.5 Ethereum. And at the time, that was like $5,000 for a ticket. But I, I just think I think Gary Vee's funny. I think he's kind of a joke in the marketing community. Uh, but like people like uh, 
like not just like Ty Lopez and some of those like gurus, like those lower class guys that no one's ever heard of, but ever, you know they oh, say God. everybody's heard of. <laughs> That's another thing too. If they've been featured on like CNBC and Fox and Forbes and all this stuff, like they're fake. You can buy those links. Yeah, they're hundred percent fake. No one's ever heard of them. They're all they're all sponsored. But even like big names, like I mentioned before, Billy Jean. Grant Cardone, uh, who else? Uh, what's that um, one Asian guy? He makes fun of his Dan Lock. Dan Lock, yeah, Dan Lock. I hate him. And even Jordan Belfort can't stand him. All the sharks on Shark Tanks, yeah, screw them. Don't like them. Uh, oh, you don't? No, all of them. Oh, all of them. Yeah, I was I was kind of a fan of uh, um, Robert Herjavec for a while, and then he got into some um, some like timeshare real estate Ponzi schemes, and I was like, you know what? Screw this guy. Um, <laughs> Damon John is in bed with Grant Cardone, and he does the same the same guru crap that everybody else does. Uh, he, I mean, him and him and um, Damon John and uh, Grant Cardone are are recorded saying that like if you have the last thousand dollars left to spend on your family's Christmas, or else they're not getting Christmas presents, you should buy their course instead. And I'm like, dude, piss off. <laughs> Like they're just they're they don't care about you. They're just after your money. I mean, the female sharks are fine. I don't I don't know any of them. And then also the not Kevin O'Leary. Uh, Kevin O'Leary sucks. He's a sellout. Yeah, like he'll he will shout out. So on you can go on Cameo and you can get a shout out from Kevin O'Leary about how great your business is with him not even knowing anything about your business. Just pay him like a thousand bucks and he'll do it. Um, you can do it on Fiverr too. I mean, you can get anybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can be like, um, he'll be like, oh, my guys at Evergrow Marketing, like they do amazing work for landscaping and lawn care businesses. And it's just like, you are a sellout. And I don't know, there's different levels of sellout too. Like when musicians sell out, I'm like, whatever. But then like, when people like that sell out the way that they're doing it, you're dead to me. <laughs> but then there's another, there's another Kevin guy. I even I were actually talking about this uh, when we had our team meetup in Iowa City. Uh, we were actually talking about all the sharks because we were really into Shark Tank. And the other Kevin guy, the, the guy that does the um, the the infomercials, he's all right. I haven't seen anything any issues with him. But Damon, Kevin O'Leary, Robert Herjavec, yeah, all those about guys. Mark Cuban. Oh yeah, he sucks too. I don't like him. He does he does the same thing that um, Grant Cardone and Damon John do. I mean, but yeah, also, he did start a pharmacy. I also think he's a virtue signaler. I also don't think he really cares about a lot of stuff, but he pretends to. That's just my personal opinion. What's his website? The pharmacy website, though. I have. I don't even know anything about it. That's oh. another. That's another thing about my opinion too. Is my opinion sucks because like I, <laughs> I'm not that informed, but I do. I do form <laughs> quick opinions. It's it's entertaining. That's good. It's fun. <laughs> I hope one of these guys call me out. Like I hope one of them listens to it and calls me out. <laughs> Probably be really good for us in general oh it'd be great for us i'm still gonna be like dude i don't i don't care whether you, how legitimate your service is you're still shady as hell <laughs> i can't remember the i looked into it once though because um it's only like 10 percent markup or something on prescription on most prescription drugs so um i'm actually i was thinking about switching over to it because i would save money compared to actually going through the i mean pharmacy. that's cool yeah that's i mean that's no cool. i know it, it doesn't well no it does have because that's what he's choosing i would do. like him better if he got out of the guru space where he charged people twenty thousand dollars a month to hear him speak or twenty thousand dollars in engagement to hear him speak mm-hmm. and not just speak in general but like speak specifically about like promoting a fake guru which i think he does i could be wrong but i remember seeing stuff about mark cuban teaming up with grant cardone and i was like nope you're dead don't like you <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty harsh on that but <laughs> i swear i'm a nice guy once you get to know me <laughs> okay but so you said 
you do think with the right attitude, anybody can, but not everybody should. Right. Yeah. When if if everybody can, that doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to be successful. But everybody can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Are you the same way? Mm-hmm. No. To both. No to both. I don't think everybody can. Not that. I mean, can is a strange word. The overwhelming majority of people are supposedly capable, but I don't think that they're wired that way. And that's not a bad thing. And that goes with the should too. I think I've met too many people in business now that even myself, like I, I'm a stretch. I'm, I'm a stretch because I could just be a top tier A level employee or, you know, we can do this and I'm having more fun doing this. That's why I'm doing it. But I think that there are people who are even further who would just do much better if they stretch themselves and push themselves in whatever working capacity they're doing to get more of what they want out of life there, as opposed to thinking that they need to jump and they're a hard, they're a hard worker, but they need guardrails. Yep. Yeah, that's like working out of business is you're a really hard worker. And if you have rails and directions, you can excel really well and make a ton of money at that business. But you have to create guardrails when you own a business. And if you're not creative and don't think about this stuff all the time, then you won't be very successful. And we'll save it for another topic. But the idea, too, that owning a business can hurt your relationships pretty, pretty bad. So being conscious of that when you know constantly thinking about your business as well Mm -hmm. but uh i think that's all i have for this episode i think we're good you're good yeah yeah we can call it good listener are you good i'll take your silence as a yes (laughs) oh all right guys well uh stay tuned for the next episode next week um see ya see ya